1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
2: All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the fact that he is alive. Our Lord is alive. And because He lives, we will live also. Help us now, Lord, to turn our eyes upon Jesus, our risen Lord. In Your name we pray. Amen. If you turn, please, in your Bible to Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28 and verses 1 through 10, as we again refresh our minds, our memories with this great history of the resurrection. Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10, passage here. Matthew 28, verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow. For fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He's not here, for he is risen as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. They departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. And As they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid, go tell my brethren, that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Just imagine that day. Just imagine ourselves on that Sunday morning, the first day of the week, the day of resurrection. We've gone through the Friday, the darkest day ever, the day when 2 Corinthians 5.21 happened. Second Corinthians 5.21, he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Phrases, we've been singing singing hymns, great phrases in these hymns. See, uh, hymns like, Jehovah lifted up his rod. O Christ, it fell on thee. Thou was sore stricken of thy God. Hymns like, O sacred head now wounded, with grief and shame weighed down now scornfully surrounded with thorns thine only crown, how art thou pale with anguish, with sore abuse and scorn? How does thy vision langu- visage languish, which once was bright as morn? Friday was the day. Friday was the day. It was an awful day. And all of our sins, as the hymn says, all of our sins were laid on him. It was a day with with when, when just the anticipation of that day, when the Lord looked at it, blood vessels broke in his forehead. Matthew 26, 38. Matthew 26, 38. Then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. And he, and he prays, oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. He became on that Friday, he became the most sorrowful man that ever lived. Lamentations one twelve. Lamentations one twelve. is it nothing for you, all ye that pass by? Behold and see if there be any sorrow like unto my sorrow which is done unto me, wherewith the Lord hath afflicted me in the day of his fierce anger. He became the most marred man, the most mangled body, that ever there was in Isaiah 52, 4, Isaiah 52, 4, as many as were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than any of the sons of men. But more than the physical hurt that he endured on Friday was the spiritual hurt when God forsook him and he cried out from the depths of his heart, from the barrenness that he felt in Mark 15:34, Mark 15:34, the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is to be interpreted by God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was Friday, the darkest day ever. All our sins, all our sins were laid on him. But Friday's past now. And now in verse 1, the day of rest, the Sabbath, that's also passed. As it says in verse 1, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn on the first day of the week, it's a new day, it's a new week. Two days have passed since Friday. We're now in the third day since Friday. And the Lord Jesus died on the last day of the work week, Friday, It's so symbolic, the last day of the work week on Friday when the Lord finished the work of our redemption. He finished the work of putting our sins away, as it says in Hebrews 9.26, Hebrews 9.26, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He's finished this work, this hard work of atoning for our sins so we could receive this great gift of the atonement. Romans 5.11, Romans 5.11, not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by by whom we have now received the atonement. He's finished the work of reconciling us to God, bringing us back together. He's poured out His blood. Well, Hebrews nine twelve. Hebrews nine twelve. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood, He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. The last day of the work week, Friday, He finishes it all. All that great work, and He cries out. He cries out in John 19.30, John 19.30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it's finished, it's finished. And he bows his head and gives up the ghost. It's accomplished, it's done. And we've come now with Mary and Mary Magdalene. Imagine ourselves coming now in verse one to the tomb and we're expecting darkness and we're expecting sorrow. It's already penetrated into our souls. We're in this death place, and we feel death all around us. It's the first day of the week. It's Sunday. It started the night before, and now the sun is just starting to rise. As it says in verse 1, verse one there, it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. And with that start of that dawn will come a new start. We don't know it. But it's going to be a new start. It's going to be a new life. And the disciples don't know it. But they're about to see. They're about to see Hosea 6-2 happen. Hosea 6-2. After two days will he revive us. And in the third day he will raise us up. And we shall live in his sight. They don't know it. They're about to see the Lord Jesus that they've never seen him before with a title that was given to him when he was just a baby and he was brought into the temple and the, and, the, and the priest, Zacharias, held him in his hands and he said about this baby in Luke 176, Luke 176, thou child shall be called the prophet of the highest for thou shall go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give the knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of God whereby the day spring on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace, the way of shalom. The world's about to see the Lord Jesus become this day spring from on high. The world is about to see him give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide feet, to the way of darkness the day is just beginning it's just starting the dawn is coming no one knows it the world the the the, the world is going to 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 break through this darkness of death and become as he called himself in revelation twenty two sixteen revelation twenty two sixteen. 16 he says i'm the root i'm the offspring of david and the bright and morning star he's about to break through this darkness this gloom He's about to become the bright and morning star. And two women, two women have come to the tomb. They're sad. They're so sad. They've just come to see, it says in verse 1. It says that Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, came to see, just to see the sepulchre. They just want to see it. And just as that moment as they're there, the ground shakes, it shakes violently. It says in verse 2, there's a great earthquake, then, uh, then there's an earthquake, then there's an angel, and the angel's descended from heaven. He comes, he rolls back the stone, and he sits on the stone. And the ladies are trying to collect themselves. They can't process all this. They see the angel is descended. He's rolled the stone back. He's just sitting there calmly on the stone. He's sitting on the stone, and the ladies are shocked. As they look closely at the angel, and it says there in verse 3, verse 3, it describes the face of the angel like lightning. And, and his raiment is white as snow. And, 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 and the ladies are not the only one to see the angel. The keepers, the guards, the Roman soldiers, they also see the angel in verse 4. Verse 4, and it says about them, for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. The ladies have said nothing. They've said nothing at all. No word comes out of them. They're in silence but yet in their silence, they're speaking so loudly and clear to the angel. As the angel says in verse five, verse five, the angel answered and said unto the women, fear not ye, I know that you seek Jesus which was crucified. The lady say nothing? And the angel answers. The angel answers because he hears the fear in their hearts. And he answers their fear and he says, the angel, the angel says, fear ye not. He hears their fear just as God hears our fear. He hears our fear. And if we can hear the angels speak, we would, we would have heard the angel say to the lady, shalom, shalom to you, peace, don't be afraid. And the angel also hears the ladies as they're saying in their heart, where's Jesus, where's Jesus, where is he? And he says in verse five, he says, he says I know you seek Jesus. He was crucified. And then he explains to the ladies he says he says in verse 6 he's not here he's risen as he said and the ladies are shocked and they're trying to process all this and then the angel says come inside come inside see the place where the lord lay see the place where death was but is no longer there you know whenever i go to israel my my friend, my friend, Avi, I go to see my friend, Avi. And he always lives in Jerusalem. He always says to me, he says, Tommy says, what, where, 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 where do you want to go? What sites do you want to go? We'll go together. I don't want to see anything in Israel. I just want to go to the tomb. I cannot get enough of that empty tomb, the garden tomb in Jerusalem. And I say, I just want to go there. So Avi takes me there and, and, uh, and I, 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 I like to go inside the tomb and look around, it's empty. And I remember one time there was this large group of Koreans and they were coming up to the tomb and, and, I, and, I, and I would just came out of the tomb and I said, I got news for you. It's empty in there. There's nobody there. <laughs> I love doing that. And because you can't get over it. You can't get over it. And that's what the angel said in verse six. He says, come see, come see, come on in. Come see, see the place where the Lord lay. And before they even have enough time to think about it, the Lord has risen. The angel now tells the, la- the ladies in verse seven. He says, "Go quickly, go quickly, and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead." And without saying anything to the lady, immediately they obey to the angel. They, immediately the ladies obey the angel. It says in verse eight, they departed quickly from the sepulcher for fear and great joy, and did run. To, to bring the disciples' word. And while they're obeying, while they're running, they're on the way. In verse 9, another great surprise as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, all hail. It's coming so fast for the ladies. They instinctively, they, again, no words, no words at all, but they follow their heart. They follow their heart. And what they do, in verse 9, they came and held him by his feet and worshipped him. They're still afraid, and the Lord reads that fear. The Lord hears that fear in verse 10, 10, and it says, Jesus said unto them, Be not afraid, but go tell my disciples, my brethren, that they go into Galilee. He says to the lady, he says, Be not afraid. Shalom again. He says, "They're, They're in Jerusalem. It's about 80 miles to Galilee. That's a long run. About eighty miles, and he tells them. He says, "Go up there." He says, there, that, "That's where I'm going to be." And there were uh, these were the circumstances of the resurrection. This is what happened in the resurrection. Two ladies told to told by the angels, "He is risen." In verse six, he is risen, and they were told after the resurrection. In verse six, they were told, "He is risen." That's that's how that's how they that's how we learned about the resurrection. We learned about the resurrection because two ladies were told he is risen and there was an empty tomb. No one saw the resurrection. No one saw the Lord Jesus rise from the grave. They only saw him after he rose from the dead. The resurrection was all a matter of faith. Did it happen? You had to believe it happened. No one saw it. No one could witness it. But they saw him alive just as we heard sung. He is alive. He is alive. And they didn't see him rise from the dead. They had to believe that he rose from the dead, obviously, because he was alive. And this is the way that God chose for the resurrection that no one should see it, that it should, just had to be believed. This is what pleased God that the resurrection should not be seen but be believed. Even today, even now, we believe the resurrection because. Hebrews 116, Hebrews 11:6. without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. No one saw the resurrection. no one saw so that it would be as he said, as Jesus said in John 2029, 20, John 2029, 20, Blessed are they, that have not seen, yet have believed. This was the greatest day ever in history, the day of the resurrection. This day was great. Everything about this was great. This is what we want to consider now, four aspects of the greatness of the day of the resurrection. The day of the resurrection was a day of great surprise, great surprise, great unexpected. The surprise of the resurrection. The day of the resurrection was a day of great triumph, great victory. The triumph of the resurrection. The day of the resurrection was a day of great hope. Hope, the hope of the resurrection. And the day of the resurrection was a day of great life guidance. Guidance the life guidance of the resurrection. Those are the four aspects of the resurrection we want to consider now in the time remaining. The surprise, the triumph, the hope, and the life guidance of the resurrection. The resurrection is introduced to us in verse one with a word, behold, behold. Whenever you see the word behold, it's like, well, I didn't expect that. That's a surprise. You might as well said, surprise, surprise, surprise. There was a great earthquake in verse 2. Surprise. And this is a series of surprises, the unexpected. First, it was the women. The first women to appear at the sepulcher on the morning of the resurrection were two women, Mary and Mary Magdalene. And they came just to see the sepulcher, as we said in verse 1. They were expecting to encounter darkness in seeing the tomb. They were expecting, as those two who were on the road to Emmaus, we trusted that it had been him that would have delivered Israel. But I guess we were wrong. He's dead now. They were expecting to see the grave and to feel that darkness that Job felt. Job felt when he said in Job 17, 13, 17, 13, if I wait, the grave is mine house. I've made my bed in darkness. I've said to corruption, thou art my father. To the worm, thou art my mother and my sister. And where is now my hope? As for my hope, who shall see it? That's what they were expecting. That's what the women were expecting when they came to the grave. And the other women also. There were other women too who came and they brought spices. It says in Luke 24.1, Luke 24.1, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher bringing the spices which they had prepared "'and certain others with them, "'and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. "'They entered in, found not the body of the Lord Jesus. "'It came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, "'behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. "'And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces "'to the earth, they said unto them, "'Why seek ye the living among the dead? "'He's not here, he is risen.' Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again? And they remembered his words. Even though they were told it never sunk in, it never sunk into their hearts, and they were filled with a surprise to find the empty tomb. They were surprised to see the angel. They were surprised to see the lightning on his face the ray, the, his raiment is white as snow They were surprised They were speechless there's, there's no record They said they didn't say a word And as they went on their way To tell the disciples about it The, the Lord Jesus meets them That was a surprise to them He tells them they'll be afraid And then they, they Overwhelmed with surprise Overwhelmed with not an ability To process all this The ladies find their stability The ladies find their anchor to all of their emotions in worship. That was their anchor, worship. That's it, worship. So surprised, and they were so overwhelmed. They do what David did when he was overwhelmed. In Psalm 61, 2, Psalm 61, 2, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I Only God should be worshipped, and they worshipped Jesus as God. And in their worship, the ladies held his feet. Why? They held his feet. As they held his feet, you can just see them saying to themselves, beautiful feet, beautiful feet in my hands, the feet of Jesus.
1: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at Israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at PO box711330, Santee California 92071. That's PO box 711330, Santee, California 92071. or email Tom Cantor,